Christine Pittman, and this is Time Management Insider, a show where we share way too much information about meal planning and time management for inside the home. Tomorrow is Valentine's Day, and so I have a really romantically inspired episode for you today. My guest is Estelle Tracy from 37 Chocolates. You may remember her from the Halloween episode that we did where she was with me talking about chocolate and how to choose just the right chocolate for your ultimate enjoyment. But this time, actually, Estelle is on to talk about a book that she wrote a very long time ago when she first moved from France to the United States. It is called Guide de Survie Alimentaire aux États-Unis, which I will roughly translate as the food survival guide for the United States, specifically for people coming from France. And I really wanted to have Estelle on to talk about this, a little bit about her book, but more about that sort of fish out of water feeling that happens when you move to a new place and how you can not really anticipate all the things that you're going to struggle with. I feel like just when I moved from Canada to Florida, I didn't expect there to be so many differences to my life, but they really were. And not just the weather, like just all kinds of things, some of which come up in my conversation with Estelle. So we will be talking about surviving in the United States. If you're from from France or surviving any time that you move to a new place and need to figure out the grocery stores and the different ingredients and all of that kind of stuff. It's a really lovely conversation and Estelle is fantastic as always. Très fantastique. And then at the end of the show, I'm doing a five-day meal plan that is all French-inspired cuisine and all the recipes kind of work together, same ingredients, but they'll be nice and romantic and festive for your Valentine's Day week. Okay, let's talk to Estelle. I'm great. Thanks for having me, Kristen. Oh, I'm so happy to have you back. So last time you were on talking about chocolate because you're a chocolate educator. But I also know that you have this wonderful food survival guide for French people living in the United States. So I would love to hear how that even came about. Where did that come from? So it's all started, I guess, when I came to the U.S. in 2002. And I'm originally from France, and I'll always remember what it was like to walk into a U.S. grocery store. And I remember specifically, I was there with my then boss, and I knew we lived in a, you know, proverbial global world, and I expected products in American grocery stores being a lot like those in France, and that is not... That was not my experience. Like the brands of, say, you know, I'm going to start with, say, pasta was different. Mm-hmm. The, the, I mean, there were some similar, others not. Some vegetables that were super familiar to French grocery stores, I couldn't find them in the U.S. or at the time, not that easily. Or something like even detergent, like laundry detergent. The brands are completely different. And I remember... So I, I just bought all kinds of random, a random assortment of food and I left and then I came back again that weekend and I spent two straight hours reading 
all the neighbors, trying to recognize where mm-hmm. everything was. And it took me a full, I think, three years for me to truly understand, first of all, to find my way into a grocery store. But then the next level was to truly understand what mm-hmm. every product really was. So that was, I guess, the problem. I felt that all of us coming from France in that French community I was a part of then, we all faced. And then in 2004, I actually started a one of the very first food blogs in French language. Uh, it was called Le Hamburger et le Croissant, so Hamburger and Croissant, which that was our wedding centerpieces. So my husband is from the U.S., and we wanted a fun centerpiece that represented both our cultures. So I started that blog, and I remember a couple of years in, I felt comfortable enough to write a couple of blog posts, like really three, where I said, okay, at the time, there was people from France who were starting to cook a lot from U.S. recipes, mm-hmm. and then French people were still that I knew were still struggling to find their way to a grocery store. I said, I have identified these two big areas where most people struggle. And those two areas are dairy and baking. And when I say dairy, I'm talking about a perfect example is that creme fraiche is a very common ingredient in a French grocery store. It's not a common ingredient here. Or understanding like half and half is not a thing in French. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So these are the things I was talking about for like the dairy and for baking. In France, people do not refer to flour the way from uh, based on their purpose. I find that here in the U.S., it's like you buy a flour. If you want to buy flour for bread, when you have bread flour and you don't necessarily have to understand what's really the flour is made of. You just know that for what you want to do, which is bread, it's going to work out. Mm-hmm. And that's not how like in France, it's like they each flour has a number. So I was doing like kind of. For me, it was always important to help people understand what they were buying. And I was getting into the territory of like, kind of like replacing, like it's not exactly the same, but you should replace Mm -hmm. this by that, for instance. Mm -hmm. So I gathered those three blog posts into a PDF. And that was, I would say 2006 still. And so this was pre-smartphone, pre-Kindle, (laughs) pre-ebook, like this was not really a thing. And so I gathered the content of these three blog posts and that became the original. So that was a small, like I call, I forget. Uh, it was, I, I, I think I nicknamed, nicknamed it Petit Guide de Survie Alimentaire, à l'usage, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like it was a very lengthy title, but it was Petit, small, in mm-hmm. the title. Mm-hmm. And that PDF I gave away for free without even capturing anybody's email for the following nine years. And in nine years, a lot had happened. There were <laughs> smartphones and like, you know, there was a whole creator economy and PD, like, you know, people, I was a big fan of, uh, I'm a meter and I started buying patterns on, on Ravelry. Mm. Oh, and I love Ravelry. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so I thought to myself, if people can make a living on Ravelry setting PDFs, why can't I try this? You know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So anyway, in 2015, I decided to expand on this original survival guide because for nine years, I received feedback from people saying, I want you to talk about meat and I want you to talk about which grocery store to go to. I want you to like the Mm -hmm. potatoes, like people gave me Mm -hmm. like almost they poured the table of contents 
out of them. And for me, and in a matter of two weeks, I was able to, you know, get this PDF out. And I never, so that was 2015, was April 7th, 2015. And and then people started asking me very quickly, like they wanted the printed version because mm. it's more of a print, like it's something you want to refer to. And so July 14th, 2015, Bastille Day, <laughs> the first printed copy comes out. I printed 250 copies and I sold out in about a, in less than a year, I think. Wow. I was working, uh, yeah. And now we are at, at, at our third print. Oh, and congratulations. Thank you. And we are today, you know, we're 2022. I'm still, you have some copies from the third print. So that's really cool. Well, I just want to say, like, I think your the book and your experience is very specific on some level to French people living in the United States. But I also like you're talking about it and it's reminding me of the like I've had a somewhat as drastic experience as you when I spent a lot of time in England a long time ago and there's weird things like you know the baby corn that only comes in cans in the United States it's fresh in these packages and I'm like I didn't even know that existed as a thing fresh or like the eggs aren't refrigerated like I'm walking around these grocery stores and I'm like what is going on here like what is all this food and why is it so different so that extreme experience oh and then I tried buying sour cream and it was liquid like just all kinds of strange things but like then just moving from Canada to Florida I felt like which you wouldn't think would be as drastic is actually quite different. And I, I'm guessing that a lot of people, even just moving to like a neighboring city, they don't have your favorite grocery store or there's something at that grocery store that you used to love that they don't have. And that adjustment can feel really, it's its upsetting, right? Like you, you can't find your favorite foods. You can't make your comfort from home. You're away from home. You're homesick and you can't do the thing that you've been doing your whole life. And so what you've done with this book is I think you're really helping people like come to terms with being that fish out of water and being that new place. So I think it's really valuable. Thank you, Christine. And I love, I love what you touched on, which is this idea of comfort. And and this is where I think this is so important, or rather, we have to not think of this food adaptation as an afterthought. Let's mm-hmm. go back to when you came from Canada to Florida or when I came from France to the US. What happens? You need to apply for a social security number. You need to find out how to go from your house to your new workplace. You need to find out, like there, you need to apply for a new driving license. Like mm-hmm. we are mm-hmm. talking a lot of administrative hurdle, right? Yeah. And 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 like, you know, a lot of the people in my French community, uh, and like you know, closer to cities, you tend to find, I can only speak for my experience and what I have seen, but I have seen, for instance, people coming to the U.S. for three years from France, the company will pay, you know, will pay for relocation and they will help you find an apartment. So the companies really want to make this a success for their employees for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. But for them, they think of it as, let me help you get an apartment. Let me help you get set up a new desk or whatever. But I think by focusing on these things, which are important, we tend to forget that ultimately the number one place we take comfort in 
is food, is the mm-hmm. house, is mm-hmm. the home. And I find that when, you know, a company, a business is really focusing on the mechanics of moving from country A to country B, like visa is another situation. And yeah, I've been wonderfully supported to come to this country. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's like the last mile and the most important mile because I, I remember like I didn't speak English well enough to really interact with people and say, you know, like for, I'll always think about the social security number that I think was made into the wrong mailbox in my development. So which in and of itself, not that big of a deal, but when you have that language barrier, yeah. it's actually a big problem or like the automat on the phone doesn't understand your accent. Mm. Those are things like thinking about. So you've had a whole day of navigating this new life. And the one place that can recharge you is home. And if you buying the wrong cream or buying the wrong flour for your cake, mm-hmm. that is the last straw. And, and I find it so fascinating that People who buy my books are individuals. They are not companies. There is one woman, a very long-time reader. Her name is uh, Veronique. She is a realtor in Chicago. And she gives the book as a thank you to some of her French clients. And I feel that she is, you know, she gets it. Mm -hmm. And I I expected more companies like her to do this. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but it's, it's like... She has been in those shoes and she knows what it's like. And that little gift she's doing really essentially is like makes her look very good, you know, because Mm -hmm. it is that important. It's not just food. It's what is going to recharge you. It's very important. Yeah, it's very important. And, and when you can't, for, well, my, my sister-in-law or former sister-in-law, I guess, is, is British. So creme fraiche is a big deal there. She came here. They were here and she wanted to cook dinner one night. We go to the grocery store. She's like, where do I find the creme fraiche? And I'm like, you don't? <laughs> and she's like, but I was planning to make, like she couldn't make the things she wanted to make at all and had no idea. And so if at the end of the day, like you're saying, you're stressed out and you're tired and cooking, now you can't, you, it's not just that you can't make your comfort foods. You can't cook the way that you used to cook. Those automatic motions, the muscle memory, it's all a little bit different. You're making it, if you if you don't have the ingredients and the food's not going to taste the same, it's not going to feel the same way when you're cooking. So what you've done is really, I think it's really, really helpful to people and I'm really grateful. And I think actually just talking with you about this before and this time too, I mean, I, f- I feel a little emotional, honestly, because it, it's, it, it reminds me what a big deal that was and how I was struggling and didn't even realize it. Like it felt like somehow I was the problem. Like I can't, I can't find this thing. Everybody else around me is surviving without this thing. It must be me. Like I'm the one who has to change, but okay, I'm going to get too emotional. So let's, let's step back a little. I want to know some of the most interesting things that you've discovered in your time here that we either don't have in the United States or like that French people would be missing the most and the solutions that you found to them? I'd say I'm going to, I'm going to talk about a few, the creme fraiche, perfect Mm. example. Mm -hmm. Creme Mm -hmm. fraiche, I give a formula that's not even my own. It's been circulating on the interwebs for a while. I explain a little protocol to make your own creme fraiche using heavy cream and buttermilk. You know, that's a game changer for a lot of people. And just that simple mixing and resting for 24 hours is enough to give you the right results. Yes, Christine. Does it get the right texture? 
it's a it can be a little thin yeah but it gets the job done you know some mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. For, for some people who do this it's a it's a game changer mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. i have so many french happy french people it's just like oh you know because the big deal about creme fraiche, it's like it doesn't curdle, it doesn't separate when you mm-hmm, cook with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Versus people who come to the US from France that I know are going to replace it by sour cream, not understanding that it's not the same thing. Sour cream, some some people have good success with the substitution, mm-hmm. but others will say it's breaking apart. In mm-hmm. you know, and from what I understand, it has to do with the fat content of the sour cream. Mm-hmm. But yes, it gets the job done. The creme fraiche, you know, if you if you were to use it for like a quiche or something, it it, it totally works. The creme mm-hmm. fraiche. Another thing, you know, that I thought was very interesting is say like this is actually really funny in France. Like sometimes, like you know. Coming to the U.S. made me realize how what a big role businesses play in our lives. And what I mean by that is like baking powder in France, which we call levure chimique, so chemical leavener. They are they are sold in little packages. Like essentially, one package equals two cakes or something like that. There's about, I think, oh. two and a half teaspoons of baking powder in this little oh. envelope. Kind of like you can get yeast like that here. You can get it in jars, but you can also get it in those packets. Oh, interesting. Exactly. So now you, you're you starting to touch on some of the problems that arise. Like people have sent me photos of like, what happened to my cake? They have replaced the baking powder with yeast in their oh, cake. And no. the thing, exactly because it looks the same. And think again about the words that we have learned in English classes. We don't get that granular. We don't talk about mm-hmm. baking powder versus mm-hmm. yeast and so mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. So here you can use it. You, you have the, the little jar so people know that. But I tell you, a lot of French people are convinced that the, the American, like I'm laughing when I say that the U.S. baking powder is not as efficient. And I'm just like laughing and laughing. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, people. You know, like it's so cliche, but the Americans put the man on the moon. They can, they know how to make their cakes rise. Okay. Like find another conspiracy theory, but, and it's just a chemical leavener. But I think the attachment to this little pink package with this Alsatian woman on the top, like it's just, we are so strongly attached to it. Another thing is, you know, vanilla sugar, you know, like you have to learn to replace either make your own or, or, you know, make vanilla extract. These are things that I think about. And that's like what, for me, having been in the U.S. for almost 20 years now, what is fascinating for me is that because of the hurdle, because I cannot take this product for granted, mm-hmm. what happened is that I started getting interested in like, what exactly is this product? And like one example that I really think about that I give a lot is grenadine syrup. Mm-hmm. So grenadine is a very commonly used uh, syrup at birthday parties. What you don't have, like you can have sodas, but when I was growing up or when we had like a picnic, everybody like puts a little grenadine syrup, all kinds of water to dilute it. And we all have a grenadine syrup as like a drink, as a fancy kid drink, you know? Mm -hmm. So in France, you buy it in like a liter, I would say, a liter of, uh, you know, jugs. And the list of ingredients is really long and weird. So you do have coloring agent, different fruit, and it feels like, oh, magic. And I come to the U.S. and grenadine is not that commonly used. And I find a recipe in, you know, the late gourmet magazine that turns out was 
pomegranate syrup, pomegranate juice, mm. and sugar, and you let it cook for 10 minutes and you're done. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like that actually gave me so much pause because it made me aware mm-hmm. that I did not question what products were when I was in France. Mm-hmm. So to me, that started opening a whole universe, a whole world of like, what exactly am I eating? And that inspired like the the the, the companion book to the survival guide, which is the survival recipes, mm-hmm. where I tell people like I really want the like the, the intention behind that second book is really to empower people to take control of the kitchen and really decide, you know what, I can make my own baking powder. I can make my own grenadine syrup and I know exactly how it's done. I don't delegate that power to a a business, to a company Mm -hmm. that fooled me into thinking that grenadine syrup was a gazillion, you know, (laughs) fruit juices with red coloring and flavors. That's what I think is important. Yeah, no, I love that. Well, Estelle, I would love for you to tell people where they can find you online. I know you have a chocolate life, but also these books. And then if they have any questions, if we if they have if they are from France or they have friends who are from France, they can point people in the right direction and spread that word. So where's the best place to go? Oh, sure. Thank you, Christine. So on, on social media, like the best place to, fi- to follow me is on Instagram. I'm at Estelle Tracy. And I post a lot of, you know, French slash English content, especially in stories. So at Estelle Tracy on Instagram. The books are available on uh, the Gumroad platform. And so you can find me at gumroad.com. So G-U-M mm-hmm. as in Mary, road road.com slash Estelle Tracy. Estelle Tracy would be E-S-T-E-L-L-E-T-R-A-C-Y. And you can find, so the pages in French, you can find ebook versions of my book. You can find the paper version and that's where you can, um, you can get them. And so another place, again, if you are a French speaker on Facebook, I have a Facebook group called Bon Plan Gourmand aux Etats-Unis. And I can spell it out for you. If you are French, probably get that. But Bon Plan Gourmand aux Etats-Unis, what it is, it's like kind of like food finds, if that makes sense, like like food adjacent, food and food adjacent, mm-hmm. like cooking utensils. So I created this Facebook group because once people would buy my books, they would email me, say, I found this product in Houston, Texas, and I live in PA. I'm like, what can I do with this information? So I wanted to connect the the community around this book and beyond, like people who speak French. You, there are Americans in the group who could say, for instance, this is how I make a Yule log for Christmas. This is where I found in LA a you know the king's cake, the galette des rois. Mm. So I wanted people to connect with one another and and talk directly without. Like foster a community within the US mm-hmm. and it is it has almost 10,000 members wow. and it, it is yeah it's uh, the energy is so awesome I think we are more French than the French because it feels like everybody makes everything from scratch <laughs> everybody is obsessed with their air fryer right now so oh, I yeah. have to jump on that wagon but it's a nice place you know it's, and I love having non-French people on that group it's really exciting too so Okay, well, I will put the link to that group and to everything else and to your site, 37 Chocolates, as well in the show notes so people can find you. Thank you so much for being on. Kristen, thank you so much. This was great. 
I always love talking to Estelle. It's so great. I love how she says my name. It reminds me of being in French immersion in elementary school and high school. And the teachers were all Francophone speakers and they would call me Christine just like that. It's very nice memories. Also, I love hearing that the French Facebook group is obsessed with the air fryer. If the French cooks are using the air fryer, it is universally approved, I think, and is not going anywhere. That's wonderful news. Okay, I'm going to tell you about the meal plan for this week. It is all French-inspired cuisine. None of it is probably authentic in any way because I do these quick time-saving steps that tend to diverge from the original versions, but they're still really, really lovely. And they'll be nice and romantic and fun for your Valentine's Day week. Now, if you want to get this meal plan with the instructions for how things work together and then the links to all the recipes as well as a printable grocery list, you should go to cookthestory.com slash mealplans. And this is meal plan number 72. Let's jump in. We are starting this week off with a chicken ratatouille sheet pan dinner. So this is all the flavors of the classic French stew, but you're doing it on a sheet pan instead. So it just kind of goes in the oven and you don't have to even look at it again. You're going to have some rice with that. Make that on the stove, but make twice as much as you're going to need because you'll need it later in the week. On day two of this meal plan, we're doing French onion soup. Of course, it's so wonderful. But we're doing a 15-minute version, which is probably sacrilege to French people, but it's nice and quick, and it actually tastes amazing. And so, well, you might be convinced that this is the new way to do it. With the French onion soup, you're going to have a very quick lentil salad. I was inspired by the conversation that I had with Emily Pastor a couple weeks ago on this show about lentils and about her French lentil salad, which is on the cookful, and I'll put a link to that one. But the one that you're going to do is just much, much quicker to fit with this 15-minute soup. So while that soup is going you'll be able to mix the salad together so it's canned lentils or you could cook your own if you want to drained and rinsed and then you're doing some chopped green bell pepper some zucchini olive oil salt pepper and goat cheese make a little extra of this lentil salad because you're going to need it later in the week on the third day of this meal plan, what inspired me was how classically French it is to just throw a chicken in the oven for dinner. So we're doing that, but a quick version of roast chicken. It's spatchcocked, which is a way of cutting it down the backbone and the instructions are at the recipe. So if you've never done it before, you will be guided through, don't worry. But basically you're sort of cutting it down the backbone so that you can open it up so that it lays flat on the sheet pan so that it cooks more quickly and more evenly too. And that is actually also a sheet pan dinner because the potatoes and the asparagus that you're having with the chicken are cooked on that pan as well. So simple and wonderful. Okay, then on the fourth day of this meal plan, we're doing French rice bowls. So you're gonna have that leftover rice from the other day warmed up, the leftover roast chicken, and then some of that lentil salad. And then you're gonna top it with Supremes of an orange. I will put a link to how to Supreme an orange in the show notes and in the meal plan for you. It's just basically the method of removing the membrane and pith from an orange. So you get these really pretty little segments. So it has those orange segments on there and some fennel fronds. And you can put a little extra goat cheese on top if you would like. And then we're wrapping up the week with another soup, a 15-minute bouillabaisse loaded with seafood. And there's saffron. There's orange in there too. Fennel. So, so delicious. Oh, and it has this wonderful baguette with this garlicky roux sauce. It's kind of like roasted red pepper and garlic that you mix with mayonnaise to put on this toast. So, so, so wonderful. You're going to want extra of that sauce for sure because I just want to eat it on everything whenever I make it. Okay, that is our meal plan for the week. 
And that is our show for the week. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this show, if you like listening to me talk, you can hear me every single day on my other podcast, Recipe of the Day. I run through a different recipe every single day with lots of tips. It's inspired to go with your week, to go with whatever special events are happening in the world. So that is wonderful. You can subscribe at cookthestory.com slash ROTD. And I want to say thank you to Estelle for being such an amazing guest. It's such a treat to have her on again. And thank you to Caroline Hall and her team at Wild Home Podcasting for producing this episode. And thank you, as always, to Audio Snack for all the great music. All right. Have a wonderful week. Happy Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm.